0: Que Welcome to another edition of the JazzNet Weekly Podcast, the Independent Rangers Podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is free. It's episode 137 of the JazzNet Weekly Podcast. I'm your host tonight. I'm Colin Armstrong. Uh, as I say every week, it's not just the pod that we have here at Gersnet. Uh, we have the forums. We've got articles, match previews, match reviews, that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a history, a history archive on the website uh, as well as Frankie's social media. So have a wee look at that. Uh, if... if the first thing you've listened to the pod would dash you to subscribe and, and uh, on our YouTube channel. Put the message out there on social media. Let people know that we're here. Uh, approaching four thousand five hundred subscribers. I think we're over that now. Actually, four thousand five hundred subscribers. So we're doing well so thanks to everyone who's subscribed so far we're live tonight, Uh, it's a Sunday night we have pumped Celtic 4-1 today uh, and you have no idea how difficult it was, no getting pushed to (laughs) work him on the show tonight, Uh, I've I've been wanting to party but I can't do it, so we're live tonight uh, but the pod will be available to download or stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow including Acast, iTunes, YouTube Castbox, Stitcher uh, and Spotify. All the usual places, uh, guys. Now to bring in my, my two guests for tonight. Uh, we've got Ross Bennett and Stuart Weir. Uh, Ross, how are you?
1: You say it's it, it's difficult to not get pissed and not have a wee party after that result. I'm yeah. still getting over my hangover from the the Champions episode that we did about nine weeks ago now. Um and if anyone's not listened to that, please do go. But actually, please don't go back and listen to it because um, I might go yep. back and listen to it one day and see what I said. Um, <laughs> but look, I don't I've, you want to do that. <laughs> I had a watch in it. I would let that go. <laughs> I know, a shocker. Listen, a phenomenal day. I really, um, uh, and we'll get into it. But but such an enjoyable day. The the one thing I'd like to say, if I may, just for a couple of seconds before we get started. Um, so some some friends of my family, a, a chap called Dougie Coombs passed away this week. Um, a big Rangers fan season ticket holder his dad passed away six weeks ago again so a really really tough time for that family Um, so to everyone in the Coombs family from from Brayside um, to Colin and to Barbara days like today that's for you that's for the Rangers family and and we hope that that can I can put a smile on your face. Um, a, a fantastic day today, Colin. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it. I quite enjoyed the fact that it's an early kick-off when we can enjoy the afternoon as well. I know you do look forward yeah. to watching Liverpool. Um, yeah, hi, that, was never, an interesting,
0: that was an interesting day was an interesting day never
1: well, had <laughs> that pleasure today, but um, a, a really, really enjoyable day. I think after... It's been a weird anti not anti-climax since we won the league, that's, that's the wrong word for it, but a wee bit of a lull the last four or five weeks. Um, so to come back and, and put that performance in today, fantastic. You know what my
0: afternoon was like? Uh, have you ever seen that episode of the still game where, where Winston wins all the money? Aye. And he's trying to think of things he can spend on, and us demon in his head has gone, You can go to the bookies. <laughs> well, I was, I was, like, the final whistle went, and I'm like, Right, I've got, I've got like six hours before I'm on air, so I, I, I can't go mental. So I could go for a walk, I'll go for a walk. I could sit and watch it. You could have some cans, eh? eh? You know what I mean? It was just like cans, <laughs> cans. I'm like, no, no, I better not. So I allowed myself a couple, uh, but I've, I've I've abstained. But that that will not be the case. The minute I'm off air, the minute I'm off air, I'm having like a 3 hour party to myself uh, and back. Uh, Stuart, how's your afternoon been? Yes, uh, would, would, pretty, you, would you try to avoid the cans as well?
2: Pretty, pretty enjoyable. <laughs> um, no, actually, I was. Um, I've, I've acquired a taste for a uh, Copperberg cider, um, the the rose cider, which is very nice when it's nearly minus thirty-two two degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah. So I have a few bottles of that this afternoon just to um, take away the thirst. Um, <laughs> just, just when, just when Ross mentioned there about that. Date about nine weeks ago, um, the the champion, the unofficial championship weekend, so to speak. Um, it, it was the first podcast where anybody listening to it would probably have needed subtitles <laughs> just to make out what Ross was actually saying. And it was almost like a book would come attached to it just so you could read what he was actually trying to say. But we've all been there at some point in time and uh just just you continue to uh, to celebrate and enjoy yourself whenever the need you know the need arises.
1: That's very but, kind. Very I'm, kind of guy there.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> and we'll all be there again in two ah, weeks' time when, when Tav gets handed that trophy. I, 100%. 100%. I,
1: I, I, I'm
0: dreading that show. It'll just be an absolute hour of debauchery. I don't even think like, we'll be we talking about the game. You know, <laughs> What are you drinking? <laughs> anyway, right, let's actually talk about the game. Uh, it was, I mean, it's, Ross, I'll come to you first. It's the biggest win uh, that that we've had over over the the mob came over the road there. I think it's since two thousand and one, and it's also the first time of you know we've been through the season undefeated against them. It's sort of, I, th- I think it was the same season. I think it was Advocate's season uh, the season before O'Neill arrived, uh, and I think the, the the last time was the four 0 game. I was there that day. I was in the Copeland Road that day, and it was four going on seven or eight. Uh, but I mean. <sighs> I mean, a proper pump in the day. I'm a a wee bit disappointed we couldn't get maybe one or two more. Uh, But, you know, I'll I'll take four. But it's, you know, three years ago this month or this week even, I think it is, you know, we were getting absolutely hosed over the road, you know, 5-0 for Celtic to win the league. You know, three years later, the roles are completely reversed. They're they're going out with, with no trophies. You know obviously we've we've been a bee bit disappointed in the cups but we we are home and we've been home and in the league for two months. I mean how remarkable a turnaround is that in, in the sort of period that, that Stephen gerrard has been here?
1: It is it, it is quite staggering. Um and, and I think to to appreciate the the enormity of that you do have to try and take a step back from the passion of Scottish football and the passion of the old firm and and try and look at it as a as a sporting exercise academically and say this is how far behind we were this is how much of an advantage and how much of a dominance that they had and you, you think about the context of their one and only challenger being out of the league for 4 years and and the wounding that we took and the finances that they had access to from the champions league year after year after year and when you, you when you try and consider it in that non passionate non emotional context and you look at that swing over the last 3 seasons um it is staggering because I I'm sure that the three of us on this call tonight were all probably um unfortunate spectators of one of those pumpings that they dished out to us over that that period, whether it's the five nils and the four ones or the cup finals or the cup semi-finals and all of those all of those really, really disappointing and difficult defeats that we all endured. Um well, actually, today days like today, seasons like this season have have really, really made up for that. the The swing that we've had is staggering, and that's down to a couple of things. That's down to having a an ownership that have taken the time to understand the problems of the club and address the problems of the club. That's down to a management team that have identified the playing weaknesses and addressed those over. Over the course of three seasons yeah. um, and again the ownership that have given the management team the time to do that and the space to do so and and on the inverse side on the opposite side it's down to almost the exact mirror at the other side of the city an ownership that doesn't care and has been lackadaisical and lazy and complacent and a management team that is utterly incompetent and that's how we've that's how we've made this this swing this um this turnaround it is quite the transformation they have a hell of a rebuilding job on and we pumped them today we absolutely pumped them and i was i was saying to frankie just before we came on air they started well let's i'm sure we'll go into this in a bit more detail when it comes to the game they started well they looked dangerous and
0: they had chances they had chances in the second half
1: as well elian should have scored um uh, mother will uh, turnbull should have scored um they had chances we were clinical they're not as bad a side, maybe as as some would have you believe, if they could finish chances, they'd be a decent side. Um, but we were better, and we fully deserved that. And we did. We pumped them when it came to being clinical and finishing chances. So a really, really satisfying day that goes a long way to to making up for some of the wounds that yourself, me, Stuart, and everyone listening to this podcast has, has suffered over the last seven years.
0: <laughs> and we have suffered. I mean, it was, it was it was it was it was about three years ago that we started the pod. You know, it was. I think it was like a couple of weeks after we started it was the, you know, we got a couple of pumpings in quick succession. And I went back uh, a while ago and, and listened to one of those ones. And you can tell that we got pumped. Like everyone's just, hello, welcome to the Jazz Netflix. <laughs> it's like three episodes in and already we want to bend the idea. It's like, no, we don't want do this anyway. And then obviously Gerard arrives a couple of weeks later and, and things pick up. Uh, Stuart. Uh, uh, Myself and David, we'd, we'd done the preview on Friday night uh, for the game today, and we we came out with two teams. Uh, one had uh, Aribo in the middle of the park and, and Roof starting in the front three. The other one had uh, Roof not starting at all. We Aribo in the front three and, and Scott Wright coming in. Both Bothies were kind of leaning towards the 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 option with, with Scott Wright in the middle three, but but Gerald's went the other way. I, I must have I was a wee bit disappointed when 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 I saw the team. I thought because I've just not been convinced with Roof recently. I, th- I, d- I just think he's in and out of the team. I think injuries have caught up with him. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not commenting as a player, I just mean in terms of form. I, th- I think he's been out of form. I think he's an excellent player. Uh, so I was a wee bit disappointed. Celtic went four four two again, you know, uh, Elanoussa and Edward up front with this diamond with Brown at the sort of start of and, and tumble at the tip. And I think that does cause us problems, but you would have to say that uh, you know, yet again, he's, he's been proved right, especially with Roof. I mean, Roof's performance and contribution today was outstanding. So you would have to say, yet again, he's got the team selection right.
2: Well, 100% right. And it was also a, a, a formation that, whilst you're right in saying that Celtic started well, and it is a formation uh, and, a, and a set-up that's caused Rangers a degree of difficulty, Um, This season, I think you also have to look at Stephen Gerrard believing that tactically and in terms of the team that he has prepared, he fancies his team and his formation and the players that he backs to be able to go toe-to-toe with Celtic and win the game, whether it's on a footballing basis or it just turns into an absolute shit fight, he reckons that his team can actually win that kind of game. And he and was proved to be, to be correct. I think what Roof playing up front or in a, in, a, a, you know, in a former position gave Rangers today was the ability to, to give the Celtic defence and the Celtic backline, backline an absolute runaround that and you could see it in different different aspects of the game. There were times where you had maybe a Rangers player and there wasn't a a and this was before even descending the off there wasn't a Celtic player anywhere near them. Sometimes you had two Rangers players and not a Celtic player near them because they didn't know whether to commit and go and man mark and and but they were feeling as if they were being dragged out of position which gave Rangers actually time to to make different different runs. And if you look at especially I would say the third goal and watch the build-up from that, Roof is is wide left one one minute, 30 seconds later, he's almost in center midfield. Then he lays another ball out and then he makes a run into the box and nobody picks him up. Uh to such an extent that actually Two Celtic defenders go towards the ball, and he, he basically just goes into the space and gets a free header. And you can see with that movement what Steven Gerrard has been trying to achieve, and what he tried to achieve today. And it worked. On other days, you'll be hypercritical um, that it didn't work, but t- today it worked. And and just in the mention of the, the the teams and the formations and the lineups. I tweeted earlier on, you know, that Celtic set out this season with the ambition of making it ten in a row, and the ten they finished with today was Bain, Kenny, Welsh, Ayer, <laughs> Taylor, Sorrow, Christie, Turnbull, Ellenusi, and Johnson. That there is not a person in Scottish football, be it a Rangers fan or a Celtic supporter or a pundit or an expert who at the start of this season would have gone to a date in May for the final Old Firm game and said that that would be the team that Celtic finished the season with in Old Firm matches. Not a hope in hell's chance would you have picked that. And I think that this afternoon, you know, Celtic got a chasing today, but I think going into next season... I think there's a, a whole load of people suddenly recognising that the, the rebuilding job that has to take place across Glasgow is one that's probably going to take time. If if, 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 if they get it right in one season, they will have done an absolutely incredible job. But I think whoever comes in to take over the, the job at Celtic finds himself in much the same situation as Steven Gerrard did three years ago. And it will take time. It will take money, it'll take a bit of diligence and a bit of determination. But Celtic were not even okay, they were on the same same pitch. But metaphorically they weren't even in the same the same ball game as Rangers today. Well
0: yeah, they're, they're known not in the sort of same uh, areas as in the league that's twenty three points ahead now just can't see them. Can't see them anyway. <laughs> those kind of, those
2: kind of stats don't lie though. Those kind of no, stats don't lie, that, that has been built up over an accumulation over the season. Rangers' home record, you know, utterly sensational in the league be it games won or uh, goals conceded and the rest of the season they've gone and, and picked off teams away from home as well. All in all, this is as as, as much of a uh, uh, as you called it earlier, a hosing as any team has given the other in, uh, in a hell of a long time.
0: Ross, uh, Alan McGregor again. You know, I mean, it, it, it does it a lot. You know what I mean, and it, and it, it does it in the big games. And, and yeah, again, a, another great save. You know, it's it's one for distance, and I'm 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 not convinced that even if hadn't got his fingertips to it, that it would have. Uh, you know, snuck in under the bar, but again, it's just having that confidence and and knowing that when the big moments come, he's that he's there.
1: Yeah, confidence. I think confidence is is, is absolutely the right word. Belief. You know that that must yeah. give the defenders belief. Exactly. That, exactly. Know. So it gives it gives the defenders belief, and it, I think it gives the defense um, a bit of. I don't know. It, it allows them to. Play the way that they want to play. If 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 Conor Golton wants to stride forward, if Barisic and Tav want to bomb forward down down the wings, it it, it means that they can do that with a bit of belief and a bit of comp- uh, confidence that 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 we have McGregor there to fall back on. And he was called upon twice today. He was called upon for the Elunesi shot, which he dealt with superbly and displayed uh, athleticism that I uh, certainly couldn't he do. uh
0: Oh, I don't believe that.
1: <laughs> no, I know I could do that. I could do that. We'll display that on on Jer's after hours. There'll be me trying to do that save. But is that on the Patreon site? <laughs> <laughs> Aye, exactly. That's on my OnlyFans. Um, it's it's the kind of athleticism that you've kind of come to expect, and that's that's the thing. You, you almost start to underplay these saves from McGregor because it's like it's just every time. It's every single time. Um he's been a wonderful asset. He deserves another year. Um th- that boy deserves to play for as long as he thinks he can play. And I-, I think he's been I think he's been superb. The other time that he was called upon was when their um their full back John Joe Kenny made an arse of a cross. Um and it and it could have gone in. And that yeah. by the way, that's the only thing he's done since he arrived in Glasgow. Um is, is make an arse of a cross and nearly scored the goal. <laughs> uh and he's again. He's he's been alert and he's made the save. I just think he was so composed today. He, uh, uh, Gerard. I can't remember which game it was, but a couple of weeks ago, Gerard after the after the game said, "I'm bored of talking about McGregor." And, it's, uh, and we're kind of at that point on the pod now. Every week yeah. we're saying, "Isn't isn't McGregor great?" Hi, <laughs> McGregor's great. He is, and it, it, it's almost become run of the mill that McGregor's going to do that because I was again that could have been a really pivotal moment. I think at that point it was nil nil, they still had 11 men, could have been a different outcome, wouldn't he have been? we the better side, so it's fine. But, um, another big moment, it's had been, uh, <laughs> no, no, the, point, the point that
2: Ross makes there that was nil nil at the time, if that had gone in. And I actually think it would have gone in. You know, I don't think it was. I don't think that was that was missing. I think that was going in. Um, he his fingertips to it. It's when he makes that save. It's nil nil. If that goes in, Rangers are suddenly chasing the game. A goal down, and they have they have struggled at times this season when they've they've gone a goal down. McGregor, that that wasn't a save that has earned Rangers a point or earned them three points. That was a save that made the task easier this afternoon. And and what a save. I've said it for weeks, probably months. He is my Rangers player of the year, Bar none, simply because he he has made those saves on so many, you know, so many occurrences. And and the fact that you're starting to now downplay it, you know even Stephen Gerrard has say I'm getting bored talking about him. It's, it, it, it's a, it must be fantastic to know that if, as a defender, when you're beaten, you're still turning around to see your goalkeeper making saves that you shouldn't make.
0: I see your McGregor Alan McGregor for player of the year and I raise you Stephen Davis, but that's a, that's a debate for, for another day. Uh, Stephen Davis is, is my player. And there was one moment today, that tackle, he put in, well, in the yeah. box. Oh, it's just... 36 year old, and I know where it runs from. It, 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 it it, runs from? He sprints, comes from nowhere, you know what I mean? He
2: sprints from the halfway line or just yeah. inside his own half. He he does not ease up. He is, if he had pulled a hamstring or done a calf muscle or whatever it might have been, it mattered not a jot. He was getting back to that point where he could actually make that tackle. Yeah, tackle. Yeah, and nah. as you say, a 36 year old busting his dangly bits. To get back to make that tackle shows you everything you need to know. But one, him as an individual, and two, what he puts into that team.
0: Yeah. Oh, i I mean, I, I, there was two or three moments of David Davis. I mean, when it when he sent Scott Brown out to get the evening times as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it is, he's a class of often. I, I I think there's numerous candidates for player of the year, uh, but for me, for me, I would I would, I would give it to Davis. Uh, Sure, uh, sticking with yourself here. The the, the first goal, uh, I mean, you would have to say I saw, I saw a good I saw a good clip yesterday. Was it yesterday? Someone posted it on Twitter. It was it was something for Soccer M recently, and it was at some amateur game. You know, a guy went up for a heater, He's he's landed on his ass and fell on his back. And, and as the balls came, to him, he's basically used his belly to <laughs> you know put the ball on a perfect sort of belly pass on his his pal who ran onto it right. And uh, well, it was not his belly, but I mean, how Ruth put that ball in the day it was, it was borderline genius. You know what I mean? To, to react as quickly as that. Cause it's, it's Kent sort of clasps the shot, you know, and it's not going to his feet. He kind of get down, you know, to get his head in it to just, you know, it, it's so clever just to change the direction of the ball. And, and Scott Bain, you know, he, he kind of react to that. Cause one, cause when it goes behind, you know, Scott Bain's looking at the ball going into where Roof has. He doesn't know where it is, so he doesn't know where it's going to come from. You know, and he just changes the direction. I thought it was a, a, a superb finish.
2: As a goalkeeper, when you're watching that and it's coming in, you're saying that there are there are basically two things that you're watching for. One is Ruth controlling it on his chest and deciding then if he's going to lay it off again or what side he's going to turn and have a shot on. Or is he going to really try and do something outrageous and and try and do is basically just to align his um, his chest like a runoff area and an, an angle to steer it into the corner and as it is, it is a goal, you can use the word I you know you can use the word genius at any point in time but for a striker there were guys there were one or two guys te- sent text to me who are paid to score goals and, and um are strikers who who basically were saying that was verging on genius what he did. But the goalkeeper's in a, a decent enough position to make a save, but because of that just that split second where all he's done is angled angled his chest yeah. to get the ball to run across his body and into the corner was was a, an absolute, you know, bit of b- genius. And it also, it's also the kind of goal that you look at and you say, they scored when there was a threat, but not the kind of threat that we expected. And and that, psychologically, was as damaging, I would say, and then what, what followed within, you know, 20 seconds thereafter, but that was that was almost like game set match.
0: On what what followed later, Ross, uh, I missed the sending off, uh, and I was about to go to Twitter and and a rage saying why was McGregor not sent off until I noticed to be read. But under Celtic in the, in the top right-hand corner, because uh, me, me and the boy were, were jumping about celebrating, and then when I watched the replay, I'm like, why is McGregor not been sent off for that? I'm about to go to Twitter, and then I looked up and I'm like, no, they are down to 10 men. Uh, now, John Kennedy, very, very vocal afterwards, uh, saying that, you know, uh, was it Nick Walsh? He, he, you know, he got yeah. the first booking wrong. I disagree, Ross. I, I I think the first one's a booking, especially when you you consider what uh, Simpson was booked for very early on it, which was next yep. to nothing. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, even taking Simpsons out of the equation, you know, uh, Ryan Kent's done him through the legs. McGregor's came through, swiped a leg at him, caught him. To me, that was a booking. I don't think there was any doubt about that booking. And the second one, there's absolutely no doubt about the booking. You know, he's he's he's, he's out of control and he's yeah. late. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about it being a sending off. And I would actually, if I, 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 was, I was quite impressed with Stalin Petrov today as a, as a pundit. I thought he was Aye. really, really fair and, and came across very, very well. You know, and I thought he was right. If, if I was a Celtic supporter, I'd be saying that's Callum Gregor. He's what 26, 27 year old, something like that. I expect more mm-hmm. from someone who's been, you know, touted as a, as, as a future Celtic captain to, yep. to, to get two yellows so cheaply. And to then put your team in Stuk, uh pretty poor. And for John Kennedy just to sort of suggest that it wasn't a red
1: uh, is even poorer in my opinion. Have you, have you ever seen anyone who sums up always cheated, never defeated FC as much as John Kennedy? Yeah. I mean, it's every you know, time... Lennon, Lennon's pretty good at it, isn't it? You know, Lenin oh, will go on the overly offensive and, you know, have a press conference and 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 really viciously have a go at folk whilst defending himself john kennedy just comes out and he says well you know it it wasn't a red card and there uh, there you go of course it was a red card of course it was a red card i mean look at look at both of those incidents objectively they were both yellow cards and again yeah you can you can bring in the the jack simpson one which was soft and as soon as that booking for jack simpson happened you went christ here we go nick walsh first old firm he's no up to it or he's, he's, he's panicking. He's being rash. I thought Nick Walsh at that incident, letting the, letting the, um, the advantage go the goal, led to the goal. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And actually, you know, we've, we've all been critical of referees, of course we have. And, and, and rightly so over the last three seasons, um, fantastic piece of refereeing to let that go. And, and had um, should be commended for that to then go back and, and send the boy off is actually relatively courageous. I think because he, he knew It would be easy for a ref to say, Look, they've got the goal. Let's just let that go. Let it go. go. It's not a big deal. He knew that he'd be getting called out in the press afterwards. And he was. As soon as the final whistle went, Kennedy's there. And, you know, saying it shouldn't have been a red card. That first, the first yellow where Kennedy's saying, He never went to ground and Ryan Kent got there first. And that's all it was. Aye. He never went to ground and Ryan Kent got there first. And then you cleaned the boy out and it's a yellow. That's it. There's, there's there's no two ways about it. So I think it's classic John Kennedy, who is becoming more and more odious with every passing game. Um, it's good refereeing to allow that passage of play to go on and still go back and send the boy off. Um, was disappointed to see Jack Simpson get the yellow cards. But other than that, I actually thought all things considered Nick Walsh had a decent game. Um, in that I don't actually remember too much else that either that happened or too many other contentious decisions from the ref. And and, and I think that's probably a, a pass mark in an old firm game. When it comes to the goal itself, if um, a wonderful move, of course, a wonderful goal. And if Alec Anderson was here, we'd be asking him, when was the last time a Rangers player scored off his tip? Um, yeah. Because he would know that. Uh, I'm afraid I don't know that so I am keeping my eye on the YouTube comments
2: Was that singularly or off his tit or off his tits?
0: (laughs) I can answer Two very different (laughs) questions I can answer
2: I can answer answer the second one first (laughs) No
1: off off one tit because um, I don't know who that would have been I'm sure someone will so if you can leave us that comment well, it's bound be to be Derek Johnson because he was quite you know, well built in that area sure. Aye. Aye, so am I um, <laughs> but a, a, a lovely piece of a lovely piece of play a lovely goal good refereeing to let it go good refereeing to go back and send the boy off um, John Kennedy get it right up you yeah. I mean it's it, there's not much else to say John Kennedy is John wrong Aye. the first one
2: is an absolute stonewall booking, it would be a booking whether it was East Fife against their Broth or whoever it would be, that would be a booking and he got it totally wrong the second one, if you watch it, that you ha- I, I, and I have witnessed it and we've all seen it, that could have been a straight red card that could have been a straight red card never mind a second booking and the fact that Nick like, we'll shoot and criticize criticised referees inside out and back to front, that was that was almost like your first your initial thought is what is he doing, and then the goal scored, and quick as a flash, McGregor's already turned down and looked at him because he knows he's going off, he knows he's going off, and that I mean it takes a bit of it takes a bit of metal to actually say, this is the decision I'm going to make because there are other referees and we know who they are who would have looked at that and immediately blown the whistle. Just, they'd still have administered a red card, but just so they could get that red card out of their pocket and make that decision. They would have done that first and foremost. And to hell with the game or whether Rangers have got any advantage. So well done to Nick Walsh. I'll not be saying that probably in another, you know, three months. But today, well done.
0: Yeah, I. I mean, I, I, I think the point that Ross makes. You know, it's hard to think either any other big things that he got wrong. I, I, I still think the booking on Simpson was. Was really really poor and it made me fear for Simpson a wee bit because I thought it was quite an uncomfortable day. And you're just thinking one, you know, one missed time tackle and it it could be in trouble. But no, we we managed to get through it, guys. Before we go on, I I need to I need to mention uh, one of our partners. Mm. uh, It's football prizes. So if you fancy the chance to win uh, a Scott Wright signed and framed Rangers shirt, then uh, get yourself on to football prizes dot uh, co dot uk and Frankie's obviously he'll he'll put the the word out there on Twitter he'll tweet about it this week uh, so tickets for this are four pound ninety five there are ninety nine tickets available I'm not sure how many are left at the moment uh, but the closing date is this Wednesday Wednesday the fifth of May at uh, eight thirty so you've got Two days, twenty-one hours, and twenty-seven minutes exactly uh, to, to buy your ticket. Four pound ninety-five. Some, that's some egg timer you've got. Oh I tell you, tell you, I'm not telling you how I done that. It was, it was all, it was all automatic up there. It was all in my head. What is uh, it? Do? it <laughs> 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 right. So, so four pound ninety-five. As I said, ninety-nine tickets left uh, uh, by Wednesday. This Wednesday, 5th of May if you fancy a chance of winning that. Uh, right, guys, next thing on the agenda. Stuart, the, you know, you know, the Celtic Wiser I, I thought Simpson was caught a wee bit on his heels, you know. and I, I heard some people sort of criticising Barisic as well. Uh, but I've watched that a couple of times, and I think Conor Goulton actually blocks him. I think he's chasing, he's, he's following Edwards' run, but it, it, the penalty box is so crowded. His own player blocks him, and, and all of a sudden it's, it's one each. We reacted well to it, though. You know, Roof eh, had, a, had a had a good chance. Eh, Rebo had a good chance as well, you know, right after Celtic equalised. And then Morelos, you know, scored. You know, not Meg Scott-Brown. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't have asked for anything better, really. Eh, smashed it in the top cor- corner. Eh, Ayer, you know, shattered it, essentially, and ducked out the rod of it. So he's went from no goals in, in old fun games or Glasgow derbies, as, as they like to refer to them as, to two goals and three, and it was, again, it was good to see.
2: Um, the 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 incident for the equaliser, I think Simpson was just out-muscled. He was bullied. He, he, he's gone from being in a position where he can defend to suddenly being behind Ayer when he actually goes for the header. And just after that, it was a free kick that Celtic had won. There was a bit of jostling, and it was Ayer and Simpson again in the box. And, Goldson came across and marked Ayer, which was good to see because we've seen that you know in the past where you have you have senior figures within the Rangers team reluctant to do somebody else's job you know, and, and not do their own so he did well there uh, Morelis's goal you know it, it, it's one of these ones where the guy has really struggled to, to get a goal against Celtic and all of a sudden he's scoring for fun but that I mean, forget Ayer not being brave enough to put his head in there, or you know. And I heard, I heard it on 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 TV um, that Scott Bain could Scott Bain have done better? No, he couldn't have done better. Not from that range. Not with the velocity that ball was struck with. That was an absolute howitzer of a finish. And so much, so when you're watching it in TV and. Um, initially I thought he'd actually missed it and it hit the side net and oh, I couldn't actually believe it going right into the roof of the net. It was an absolutely fantastic finish. He kept his, he kept his composure, he kept his head, um, but he scored that goal at a time where Rangers, I think, were angry as a team that they'd actually lost a goal and conceded a goal and that Celtic were back into it and they were they were determined they were going to take the lead again. and I, And I just thought it was a... An element of composure from Morelos. But the finish, listen, I, I'm, I'm not going to add anything to it or argue with anybody. Nobody was stopping that. You could have another defender on the line where he put it between that and the goalkeeper and the crossbar and they wouldn't have stopped it. So, absolute quality finish.
0: I have to say, it was it, it made me quite nostalgic. I was I was at a game in 1989 at, at Love Street and Ian Ferguson scored an absolute cracker and it's famous for the, the ball boy behind the goal, ducking as the ball hits the net. The ball boy thinks he's, he's going to take it in the coop and he, and he ducked. And seeing Ayer doing something similar today, took me back to that day in, uh, in Love Street in 1990. Ayer was a ball boy at Lost Street? He <laughs> <laughs> was, was just paying homage to him the days, you know, just remembering him. That's what it reminded me of. I'm getting rid of that. What bus did he get to pay <laughs> well I was when they came on bus that day so uh, it was maybe on my bus I don't know uh, Ross uh, uh, the, the, the third goal Ruth's second now, I, I think we need to sort of you know give Ruth a bit of credit because David and myself are, were speaking about him on Friday you know both of us were a sort of agreeing he's he struggled recently you know what I mean he's not looked the same player since he's came back from injury he's just had no sort of he just hasn't had a run in the team you know he's in for two or three games then he's out again And I thought it looked like that in some of his performances. You know, he he just wasn't showing that sort of form that he was, I thought sort of between November and New Year, you know, the the end of December for about six weeks, that's when we we saw the best of And I don't think we've really seen that since the turn of the year until today. I, I thought today he was outstanding. And his second goal was a perfect example of that. As Stuart said earlier on, you know, he picks the ball up outside the box does a wee sort of Cruyff turn, puts it out to, to Barisic and then doesn't, doesn't stay in his feet, you know, goes in and the minute Barisic put the cross in, you know, I'm off the couch shouting to my boy, that's in, you know, because you can see the trajectory of the ball, you can see Roof's going to meet it and it's just about whether he puts it far enough either side of the bane for it to go in and sure enough he did. So I think he deserves a lot of credit today and it, and it, was, it was a good finish, a good goal that he was heavily involved in.
1: Yeah, definitely. I actually, I Um, look after the the game today he's done interviews with Sky Sports he's done interviews with Rangers TV and in both of those interviews he's kind of referred to the last little period not going his way both on the park and off the park and I know that off the park he's had to deal with his fair share of the racial abuse that's been spouted at our players and it, it it could be that that I mean absolutely naturally and, and understandably that that's really affected him. It could be that there's other stuff going on. We don't know, um, but he definitely did allude to some off the park problems or he's not feeling a hundred percent in whatever way. So that might go some way to explaining performances on the park. But I absolutely agree. The second half of the season, which has been stuttered with injuries and suspensions, um, after karate kicking a guy in the face. Probably deserved a suspension for that. Um, yeah. It's uh, maybe the not. I there to be one in my <laughs> opinion. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe it, I come from a different uh, era. But there I'm, we go. I'm one of these millennial snowflakes. <laughs> um, it's it, it hasn't been an ideal first season for the boy, and yet he scored what is it, 16 goals or something? Um, yeah. And he's he's Mate, shown his it, quality. He's it,
0: actually got a better strike rate than Morelos in terms Aye, of goals the, per minutes and all that.
1: So they're both. Staggered, um, that's the problem. It is. It is staggered. And he's it's not been an overly successful last couple of months for him. Um and I was actually I was texting David Wren, um JerseyNet Podcast iCandy, David Wren. I was speaking to him earlier during the the first sort of fifteen, twenty minutes of the game saying yeah, anything you're something. going
0: to say about Roof, no. There's, there's, No one's going to take it. Yeah. There's no credit in what you're saying anymore <laughs> after describing David Wren as eye candy. But anyway, on you go.
1: Relative eye candy compared to Relative the eye candy. Okay, okay. um, I was sort of saying to him, like, something up with Roof, and he's, he just seems half a yard off. I even thought that first 15 minutes today, it just, he almost wasn't clicking. And as soon as he gets that first goal, which was an exceptional moment of quality from him, and um, as soon as that goal goes in, there was a change in him. And it was confidence or it was something, and he was sharp again. And that his second goal, Ranger's third goal, it was wonderful the way he lays the ball off to Barisic, and he bursts a gut to get into the box. And there's actually if um after the game, I like to check out the the photos from from Willie Vass. So if you go on Willie Vass's website and you have a look through the pictures of the game, there's two pictures of Ruth jumping to win that header, and he's in acres of space. Right, he's miles of space, and it's it's, it's wonderful. Foot you see the way that he's found that space. Barisic's ball in is exceptional. It's and it just it all works, and it's a really beautiful goal to watch because it's it's a given goal, and it's a one-two, and it's it's a fantastic goal. Um, it, it, it it's kind of poetic, and it's it's quite it flows really nicely. It's, it's it's a really lovely goal. I think actually, all four of the goals today were were really special in a way you know you've got Ruth scoring off his chest you've got Morelos nutmegging Scott Brown and lashing it in the top corner you've got a really nice give and go movement into the box and a free header um, rising above everyone else and then you've got a, an individual moment of quality from Defoe they're all very different but they're all top quality goals and um, that one from Ruth, I was really pleased to see him score I was really pleased to see him score twice and I think you could see actually in his comments after the game that it meant a lot to him today yeah, so yeah. Really pleased. He's also,
0: uh, sorry, He's also been added to our list. Sorry, Stuart. He's also been added to our list. I don't know if you've seen it. Someone put out a list of players uh, that have scored in all firm games since the last time Lee Griffiths scored. You know, So the amount of Rangers, so it's like Ryan Jack, Tavernier, golton Morelos, all these players. It's like 10, 12 players that have all scored since the last time that Lee Griffiths scored a goal against Rangers. So, yeah, and that's a, that's a prestigious list to be on. Sorry, Stuart.
2: No, no, I, I was only going to say, uh, just to kind of reiterate what Ross was saying there. I think I think Ruth is a, a momentum player. I think he he gets he gets into a game by either having a touch or doing something particularly well and he builds off that. When he hasn't done anything like that, he could just drift through a game. Um I know he might lay the ball up or or go and chase a ball. But when he's actually been active and actually has played a part in the game. I th- honestly think he's a guy where you can actually see him build a head of steam up yeah. during a game. And because it's it's you know it's it's been um he, he, his season has been so you know punctuated by injuries and being dropped and being drafted in and, and Steven Gerrard making certain changes and the likes it's difficult to get that kind of momentum going. But I, I thought it was exceptional today. And, and again, the, 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 the two goals that he scored, the, set, the, the second goal, his second goal, it reminded me, and I've been trying to think who it was, there was a header like that in a, an old firm game. Was it was it Gascoyne scored a header? Uh, the ball got played out wide and Gascoyne made a run into the box and put a header. I think it was yeah, past, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe past Gordon Marshall. Um, yeah from memory and it, and it was it was just so similar to that that you see guys getting into the box there you you look at you know celtic Ellen is sh- should have scored but, but he was he was almost like concentrating on how am i going to head this and and you know even to an extent Turnbull with a diving header it was almost like where am I going to put this? Instead, just stick his head through the ball and actually saying, if I put my head through the ball properly, this is going in the back of the net and nobody's stopping it. And I thought I thought it was an exceptional goal.
0: Someone else that had a, 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 an exceptional performance today, Stuart, and is, and is worth mentioning, is, is Ryan Kent. Uh, I mean, he's, it, it, surely he should get to keep Greg Taylor for what he's done to him in the touchline there. You know, Greg Taylor should be sitting in, in uh, Ryan Kent's trophy cabinet at the night but he's someone and and, and on this show as well uh, you know at, at times you know we've, we've questioned him and I, and, I, and I don't think it's so much the player as always it comes to how much we paid for him you know and, and at times seven million looked like maybe too much but you know as we've said before the thing with Ryan Kent is, is even when he doesn't play well he occupies defences I think he, he scares defences and when he does play well you, you get what you got today. I mean, he yeah. was he was unplayable at times today, and he was everywhere. He's so hard working, and I don't think he gets enough credit for the stuff that he does defensively. You know, when Rangers lose possession, if he's in the area, you know, he, he works to, to to get that ball back. When he when he, when he skinned
2: Greg Taylor with the the, the fancy shuffle to skip past him, Laxton was already on his third pint of pina colada at that point in time. He was still celebrating the fact that he wasn't playing in that game because yeah. he was taking an absolute roasting as well. The Sky Sports coverage, it showed you has the, the kind of touch map, 65 touches or 64 touches he had of the ball all over the pitch. All over the pitch. And that is what you're looking for from somebody who plays the game like Ryan Kent. He's two-footed. He can attack from from anywhere if you look where the, the, the first McGregor foul took place it was centre midfield He's going looking for the ball and I mean he's in that mood and I've, I've criticised him in the past you know you're the winger uh, and, I, and I've said it on on here before I remember an old film game soon as his first season when David Cooper was playing and soon as midway through the game said here's the ball you're the fucking winger and just kicked it to him and, and, and asked him to go and do something. And that's yeah. what Ryan Kent's, Kent's performance was today. He went looking for the ball. He was so effective. And he also runs with the ball and is able to change direction so quickly that defenders must have their heart in their mouth because they know that the, the, the least we touch, he's down. And if they don't read it right, he's past them. And I thought I thought it was exceptional. The whole thing about seven million quid, £7 quid is big money for Rangers, and it was big money for Rangers to splash out on a player who had a decent enough season when he was here on loan. £7 million buys you an average mid-table player in the English Championship. So let's get get that probably right. It's not like, you know, but £7 million today, where Rangers are at, it's comparable with you know spending six million pounds on Michael Ball or you know or or um whoever it might be twenty years ago. It's big, big bucks and and I think in, in, in terms of what Rangers have got this far, I think he's now starting to pay dividends. You see it and it's a it's appeared, or oh, he's now worth twenty million quid. He's only worth twenty million quid on one, that somebody comes up and says, I'll give you 20 million quid for him. Another one is, if Rangers want to sell him.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he will go eventually. I think that's part of the plan. You know, and I think that was part of the investment. Rangers were investing that money in the hope that they would they would recoup it. But I think... I think as the is the longer he's been here, the the more he's he's shown he's he's true worth there. You know what I mean? And when he's on form, like he was today, and he and he tends to be in form in the bigger games. You know, he is a big game player. There's no doubt about that. And today, I mean, I can't remember who it was that tried to get the shirt off his back, right? You know, ripped a back hole and they say, basically yeah. just, just, the, just grabbed him. Just grabbed him. You that's, know what a mean? Sign. that's a sign that's a sign that's a sign of someone that that's just desperation you know I mean? desperation. Oh, I can't, desperation can't live with this guy so I'm just going right. to pull him you know what I mean uh, now from from someone that played exceptionally well Ross uh, to someone who endu- well I would say enjoyed is pushing it uh, someone who endured his final Glasgow Derby uh, Brunetsk Scott Brown now I mean you know we've all, we've all had to love with Scott Brown over the last few years, turning up to play against substandard Rangers teams and and strutting a bit place places if he owned it. I was looking at his record today since Steven Gerrard turned up and in, in, in league games alone, uh, you know I think he's played ten, uh, won three, and suffered six defeats in one draw. And that to me that sums up Scott Brown. You know what I mean he was he was very very good at sort of bullying you know your Ian blacks and all that kind of thing when we had an absolute share aside but the minute he, he's been met with any sort of competition you know even at the early stage of uh, Gerard's, you know rain Ibrooks, you know the, the, the first the first season you know won two all fun games and we lost two all fun games so even then he's went through you know bullying folk and thinking he needs to be his knees to, to come out of these games 50 50 and he's not really done anything at Ibrook since Gerard arrived, you know what I mean? And I must admit, it, it probably got the fifth biggest cheer of the day when he went off the day. Me, me and the boy were up, giving it a you know, applauding him off the field. And I would imagine it was a scene that was uh, repeated all around Scotland amongst the blue half of Glasgow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, quite funny. Um, a fitting end to that man's end, career because yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And I, look, I'm not, I'm not going to waste too much of our time talking about Scott Brown, of course, but um, there's no better way of saying it than, than as you you said. It's it's all well and good dominating against Ian Black and you know some of the some of the dross that we've put out. Um, your 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 Russell Martins and your Joe Warrels and your David Bates and and that kind of caliber of player and I. I, and I, I don't mean any disrespect to those players, but to be to be brutally honest, we have better players now and those were not yeah. good enough players to, to um to come up against Celtic and, and and pose a threat. So it's all well and good strutting about and being a, a club legend when there is no challenge, whether that's quite literally no challenge because we're not in the league or no challenge because we don't actually represent a challenge when we're back. And you're right, once as soon as a challenge comes along, he's he's done a runner. He's run away. And I think the only way for me to sum it up is What's my abiding memories of Scott Brown going to be? And my abiding memories of Scott Brown will not be him bossing football pitches or or being a hard man or wearing a T-shirt when it's snowing. That's not my memory. My memories of Scott Brown will be, firstly, him passed out in the street with a kebab followed by him I'll sitting... Up from there. We've all been there, Ross. Aye, we've all been there, I know. <laughs> Especially Stuart with his copperbergs. Um, so him passed out in the street with a kebab. Him sitting in the Ibrick stand today, looking like he was about to burst into tears. And then, again, him today being nutmegged by Morelos for a goal. And him being nutmegged two years ago by Ryan Jack for a goal. Those are my memories of Scott Brown. And I'm quite happy with those memories of Scott yeah. Brown. So away you go yeah. to Aberdeen. Let's, and I'm looking forward to him putting himself on against us next season and embarrassing himself again because he's not got the skill. If he was that good a player, he'd have taken a chance and gone to England. He would have done because we've seen plenty of talented players move to England and and, and give it a go. But he was happy enough to build a career as some faux plastic hard man, bossing a league that had no competition. And that's his legacy. And that's it. That's it. That's, I think that's all there is to say about him.
0: My, my two favourite memories of Scott Brown are when he missed that penalty in the, the semi-final against a, a, a championship Rangers Aye. side. And a couple of weeks ago when, when Ryan Kent went that way and, and he went that way. Uh, that, that's another uh, abiding memory of Scott Brown. But I, I must admit, I had a wee chuckle to myself. Uh, and I, I think we're entitled to do it. You know, he's chucked enough at about over the last, you know, seven or eight years or, or however long. You know, so now he's getting it back and uh, I'm quite enjoying it. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) icing on the cake today, you know, five minutes to go or something like that, Stephen Gerrard sticks on Jermaine Defoe and I think it was obvious he was just sticking him on uh, in the hope that he would get a goal because there's there's probably a good possibility that this could be uh, uh, Defoe's last season. Sure enough, last kick of the ball, uh, he twists the blood of of Stephen Welsh, he turns him inside out uh, and, and, and just passes the ball and you know into the into the far corner, and the look in Defoe's face. It really did, it, was, it really was icing on the cake from you because he genuinely looked like he would achieved an ambition that you know since he's been here. I think he's wanted a goal in, in, in an all-fun uh, and an all fun game, he and he'd done it. And, he, and even the bench, the way the bench reacted, the, yeah. the way his teammates reacted, you could tell it meant something to him. And it really was. It just topped the day off lovely. I've, I've, I've said it on here a couple of times. I think
2: Jermaine Defoe and what he has added to the Rangers squad, not just in terms of his experience as a player, but also in terms of what he's added to speaking to players and telling them what is expected of them and how they go about achieving that, I think has been absolutely colossal, been absolutely immense for Rangers. And it's almost like, you know, it's almost like Steven Gerrard probably has a shop steward um, doing his bidding for him, uh, you know, on the shop floor and saying this is what we need to do. Rangers are Rangers are a team who have been rudderless and leaderless about three years ago. To suddenly having a team of leaders and guys who are not afraid to to tell each other when they go wrong or what they should be doing. And the fourth one of these guys that actually leads by example. And and, and I think you're right. the expression on his face was utterly priceless. I I, I only wish I bit like watching Manchester United the other night there when Cavani scored. Those guys have put a lot into football and you you want to see them enjoy themselves when they they get a goal. And and you want to see the kind of the 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 crowd that's there actually celebrating when they get a goal. And I and I and I feel sorry for somebody like foot to get that goal today and not have you know fifty thousand yeah. in the stadium celebrating that goal for what it was worth because it was absolute quality. He he had a confined space to work in. He knew how he was going to work the ball on his his left foot to get the shot away. And he'd a limited space to feel if he was going to put the shot, and he didn't try and blast it. It was almost like Jimmy Greaves esque, and yeah. just going to pass this into the into the, the goal. And the fact that it trundled in almost in slow motion, I think, just added to the to the beauty of the goal. As Ross said earlier on, four different types of goals, but every one of them a mini classic. And I thought the Devo- the goal was absolutely brilliant, and and the the response. Of his teammates and the response to the bench, Steve. If Steven Gerrard had scored that goal in front of the cop, I don't think he would have been any happier than what he was when Defoe scored that goal because that was that was Defoe's payback time for coming to Rangers.
0: I, I, I should point out, I thought Hadji's pass and the, the build-up to it was 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 superb as well. You know that because you know I think it was Sorrell that gave the ball away. Davis one touch to Hadji, Hadji one touch. Uh, to to Defoe and at one point Ross I thought it, 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 his pace was going to let him down you know he
1: wasn't going to get his shot away but he's you know he's twisted him and turned him and then managed to get the shot away He has and uh, Haji's pass I, I absolutely agree it was a wonderful assist and Haji again makes himself available for the uh, you know, almost like a one two or a give and go and, and Hadji would have had the opportunity. But you know it's it's Jermaine Defoe and he gets into the box and he twists and he turns and he, he screws Stephen Welsh into the pitch like a high school cheerleader after prom. Oh, and it's, oh look at that. Oh yeah um, <laughs> I've been working on that. Um but it was wonderful and it didn't it, it work very hard <laughs> Right, that's that's no talk sport material, is it, Stuart? Um, no, no. <laughs> I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a wonderful goal, and it was. I think I think Stuart's absolutely right. You, that boy has scored goals at, at every level. He's scored goals. Um, you know, one of the top goal scorers in the Premier League in Europe for his country, um, natural-born goal scorer. And that goal meant something to him. You could see that. Uh, it was it was a hell of a reaction. It was a hell of a goal. Um, Wonderful play from Hadjie and Jermaine Defoe doing what Jermaine Defoe does. He's been on the pitch for five minutes. I think we all probably know there's a wee bit of subtext with Defoe this season that he's probably not happy at how few opportunities he's had because he does have a record of scoring pretty much in every other game. And considering for him, a game is pretty much 10 or 15 minutes if if he's lucky. Very, very rarely starts. So he has an excellent goal scoring return. His goals per minutes must be... You know, it must be quite staggering. I'm, I'm not quite sure what that is, but it it must be really, really impressive. So that goal meant something to him today, and I think we probably all expect he won't be with us next season. Um, I think if if that's the case, he probably knows that by now. Um, what a way to to sign off if that's the case, and um, if this is it, if that's the last we see of Defoe, or if that's the last we see of Defoe scoring for Rangers um i think he's he's done exactly what he was brought in to do he scored some excellent goals uh, he scored some important goals he's contributed magnificently and um been a, a, I think a really kind of admirable servant in in the rangers colors so a really really nice way for for the the game to end today and i don't know i don't know if it's just me but there's a difference in my mind between 3-1 and 4-1 3-1 oh, is a hi, is hi. is a win but four-one is a is a convincing win. Four-one is is verging on pumping. Four-one is verging on battering. So, um, quite satisfying to to kind of tip into that territory. Just no, just, not on, not just, sorry, just
2: pumping. Yeah, but just <laughs> just on on the four. I mean, I tweeted something saying and it was it was almost like a, a second before he scored the goal, giving the four a run out is overloading on the sprinkles, and then he goes and scores. And somebody replied saying, "Remarkable to think his league medal." Will only be the second winner's medal in his long career.
0: Yeah,
2: which you know, I, I, and I replied to that. I think basically I had a discussion earlier on this or last last week with somebody. I think that goes to goes to show you what. Uh, a, a team player. He has almost one of the ultimate team players. Who, okay, he's had a fantastic career and he's done some wonderful things. But the fact of the matter is that it, it's he's almost a guy who's contributed more to other teams than he has his own career, just because of the performance level he's he's achieved, the goals that he's scored. I mean, he scores one a goal every two games, which is 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 pretty remarkable in itself. But I, I, I do think that. You know, wherever he goes at the end of this season or if he gets another another season out of Rangers or wh- whatever happens to him that that guy is going to be an asset to another football club or a football club somewhere simply on how much he's got stashed away in his brain from what he's learned over the years
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mean, disagree uh, and I, and I, I, I mean I, I, part of me thinks he will go, I think there's a good chance that, you know, I think Ross makes a good point that I think form himself is frustrated that he's not getting enough game time, uh, but part of me thinks that it, you know, it, I think he's involved quite heavily, you know, behind the scenes and stuff like that, and there might be a wee chance that, that 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 he stays. And I would, you know, depending on the terms and all the rest of it, I would I would be happy for that. Guys, consciously time now. Uh, you know, that's us. We've done the hour. It's always a quick hour when we pump that mob across the road. So that's us. Uh, so a big thanks to Ross and Stuart for their contributions. Uh, tonight excellent stuff from them as always uh, we'll have a show next Sunday obviously no no game next week uh, because it's the Scottish Cup semi-finals next week I believe the next game is uh, Levy on the 12th of May so we'll have a show next Sunday uh, but you know I'll probably be previewing the the, the two games coming up Is that uh, it still on? Ah no, nobody's bothered with that anymore you know what I mean it's all about the undefeated stuff Stuart that's what it's all about now Uh, In the meantime, get yourself onto the JersNet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. In the meantime, guys, as I say every week, stay safe, look after yourselves. uh, And until next time, bye for now.